before dawn, milk cows work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And boy, was that some State of the Union address. Well, really, it was the response. It was the Sarah Huckabee Sanders response, rebuttal, that really made the night of the State of the Union. And, you know, a lot of the takeaway from the State of the Union was that this uh, presentation was lacking any kind of truth. You know, yeah, you could promise all these things. You could state what you're all about. um, And a lot of the things that he said he wanted to do, uh, nobody disagrees with. We all agree that Medicare and Social Security should stay. But he would try to then, you know, take a few... um, out-of-context words from Rick Scott or Mike Lee and uh, who are trying to repair and fix uh, Medicare and Social Security and take them out of context and lie to the American people. And he wouldn't talk about all the other things like the censorship and big tech or the open borders and the fentanyl. He talks about how drugs are killing us and he's going to do something about it. Well, build a build a wall. That would stop the fentanyl from coming in. And believe it or not, walls work. But they don't want a wall. They want more money for Social Security. I mean, uh, for Border Security, they want more money. And what are they going to do with that? They're going to increase the processing to change the demographics of the United States forever, which is a stated goal from Joe Biden and uh, Mayorgas in 2015. This is a, a, a dream of theirs that's coming true before our eyes. It's gotten so bad that New York City mayor is actually paying for air flights for these drop-offs to go to Canada. And we're footing the bill for that. 
We got a deficit that's out of control. We got a national debt that's out of control. We have unlimited spending. They want to raise the debt ceiling again. And Joe Biden just continues to lie. And he doesn't talk about China the way he should. He doesn't talk about Ukraine the way he should. Throwing more money into Ukraine is nothing but a laundering scheme. Nobody wants to talk about that. And then, of course, China's, you know, doing the balloon all over our country. And that's that's insane. That's also insane. And they don't want to talk about how we're weak with China because of Hunter Biden's business deals. You know why they didn't uh, shoot that um, balloon down uh, before while it was over Alaska is beyond me. And not only that, it never I never understood why they didn't just put a pinhole in the balloon and capture it all. You know, you could get a bullet and you could shoot a bullet in there instead of blowing it up with a with a very expensive missile. Why not? Why not take a net and bring it down? You mean to tell me you we don't have helicopters that can do that with detachable nets? I mean, there's plenty of ways you could have taken that down. You shoot holes in it. You let it get weak and it start starts descending. And then you wrap it up. You could actually attach a parachute to it, for that matter, and keep the whole thing intact. China now wants their pieces back that's over the shores of Myrtle Beach. It never made any sense to me. What are we doing with our money? What is NORAD doing? For them to come out and say, we looked back and we found out that the the blueprint pattern is that, that they've put these balloons over our, um, you know, the radar imaging shows that this has happened in the past. Nobody knew about it. Not Mattis, not Espers, not, not anybody in the Trump team, not Ratcliffe, not Rick Grinnell. Nobody knew. So... Is China just that much farther along than we are? We know that their navy's got us beat in the Pacific, but they could just fly all over our country as well. They didn't address that in the State of the Union address. And it's sad. They did build a wall, though. They built a wall around the Capitol because walls work. Let's take a listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene on this one. One of my Democrat colleagues was talking about the wall um, as if it doesn't work. I assure you that the Democrats believe in walls because they've erected one around the Capitol today because President Joe Biden is delivering his State of the Union address to the country. Walls do work, and we want you to have a wall as, as one of the toolkits in your box to stop the illegal invasion into our country that's occurring every single day. What am I, Democrat? Well, Texas is now building a wall, so that's good. And, uh, you know, Katie Hobbs, she won't, but Arizona needs a wall. And you just know that Carrie Lake would have, which kind of makes me think about the VP sweepstakes. You know, we just heard Marjorie Taylor Greene that some people have been suggesting her. And I think that would be a mistake. But Carrie Lake, I think, represents something. Like, when you talk about VP uh, 
people, VP candidates for Donald Trump. You got a couple of things going on there. You got, uh, I don't think Marjorie Taylor Greene could win a statewide election in Georgia because it's just not, and we've talked about this in the past. Carrie Lake, on the other hand, I, I like what she's done. Christy Nome, a little bit weak on um, on a couple of issues, particularly with uh, trans sports and things like that. When you compare and contrast what Ron DeSantis has done with great success and what Christy Nome was trying to do with a less of a success, I think that you know you got to go with a Ron DeSantis over a Christy Nome for sure. I like what they all stand for, and I like all those candidates, but you got to go with people that are, have a proven track record that know how to get things done and don't talk out of both sides of their mouth. So um, that being said, it seems to me like Donald Trump is, has looked at Ron DeSantis as, as his arch, arch nemesis when it comes to a, the roadblock that could be in his way to getting the nomination. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But the new rock star has got to be Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Sarah Huckabee Sanders gave, I'm going to I'm gonna say it. You know, I, I'm guilty of this. Uh, sometimes I'll eat a mashed potatoes and I'll say, this is the best doggone mashed potatoes I've ever had in my life. I know my dad does that. My father does that all the time. Every other meal is the best one he's ever had in his life. <laughs> and he's older, too, so he's got a lot of track record. But here's the thing. Last night, she blew me away. And my father told me, he said, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, keep an eye on her. I said, ah, she just got to be mayor. She's, she's still wet behind the ears. I don't know that she's that great. And I got to tell you, her rebuttal was so good that uh, I have to say it was the best I've ever heard. It was the best rebuttal by far I've ever heard, ever in my life. And that's why I'm going to play it for you today. So uh, it's 14 minutes, folks. And I'm not trying to get off the job light, but I got to play this for you because it was unbelievably good. And then we're going to listen to a couple of other clips and some some other stuff. But you got to hear Sarah Huckabee Sanders. In case you didn't hear it, this is going to be her um, uh, rebuttal. Uh, Kevin McCarthy posted this at the full one, and he said, Republicans believe in America where strong families thrive in safe communities, where jobs are abundant and paychecks are rising, where the freedom our veterans, where the freedom our veterans shed their blood to defend is the birthright of every man woman and child yep well let's take a listen to this this is just superb in response to joe biden's state of the union address being a mom to three young children taught me not to believe every story i hear so forgive me for not believing much of anything i heard tonight from president biden from out of control inflation and violent crime to the dangerous border crisis and threat from china Biden and the Democrats have failed you. They know it, and you know it. And it's time for a change. Tonight, let us reaffirm our commitment to a timeless American idea that government exists not to rule the people, but to serve the people. Democrats want to rule us with more government control, 
But that's not who we are. America is the greatest country the world has ever known because we're the freest country the world has ever known with a people who are strong and resilient. Five months ago, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. It was a hard time for our family, particularly our kids, Scarlett, Huck, and George. But we kept our faith and persevered. Thanks to exceptional doctors here in Arkansas, a successful surgery, and the grace of God, I am cancer-free. Through it all, I couldn't help but think about my mom. She was 20 years old and into her first year of marriage when she was diagnosed with spinal cancer. The doctors told her she might not live, and if she did live, they said she'd never walk again. And if she did walk, she'd definitely never have children. The daughter she was told she'd never have was just sworn in as the new governor of Arkansas and is speaking to you tonight. Adversity and fear of the unknown can paralyze us, but faith propels us to charge boldly ahead. We can't stand still in the face of great challenges. You and I were put on this earth for such a time as this to charge boldly ahead. I'll be the first to admit President Biden and I don't have a lot in common. I'm for freedom. He's for government control. At 40, I'm the youngest governor in the country. And at 80, he's the oldest president in American history. I'm the first woman to lead my state. And he's the first man to surrender his presidency to a woke mob that can't even tell you what a woman is. In the radical left's America, Washington taxes you and lights your hard-earned money on fire. But you get crushed with high gas prices, empty grocery shelves, and our children are taught to hate one another on account of their race, but not to love one another or our great country. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. It's time for a new generation of Republican leadership. Upon taking office just a few weeks ago, I signed executive orders to ban CRT, racism, and indoctrination in our schools, eliminate the use of derogatory term Latinx in our government, repealed COVID orders, and said never again to authoritarian mandates and shutdowns. Americans want common sense from their leaders. But in Washington, the Biden administration is doubling down on crazy. President Biden inherited the fastest economic recovery on record. The most secure border in history, cheap, abundant, homegrown energy, fast rising wages, a rebuilt military, and a world that was stable and at peace. But over the last two years, Democrats destroyed it all. Despite Democrats' trillions in reckless spending and mountains of debt, we now have the worst border crisis in American history. As a mom, my heart breaks for every parent 
who has lost a son or daughter to addiction. 100,000 Americans a year are now killed from drug overdoses, largely from fentanyl pouring across our southern border. Yet the Biden administration refuses to secure the border and save American lives. And after years of Democrat attacks on law enforcement and calls to defund the police, violent criminals roam free while law-abiding families live in fear. Beyond our border from Afghanistan to Ukraine, from North Korea to Iran, President Biden's weakness puts our nation and the world at risk. And the president's refusal to stand up to China, our most formidable adversary, is dangerous and unacceptable. President Biden is unwilling to defend our border, defend our skies, and defend our people. He is simply unfit to serve as commander-in-chief. And while you reap the consequences of their failures, the Biden administration seems more interested in woke fantasies than the hard reality Americans face every day. Most Americans simply want to live their lives in freedom and peace. But we are under attack in a left-wing culture war we didn't start and never wanted to fight. Every day we are told we must partake in their rituals, salute their flags, and worship their false idols. All while big government colludes with big tech to strip away the most American thing there is. Your freedom of speech. That's not normal. It's crazy. And it's wrong. Make no mistake. Republicans will not surrender this fight. We will lead with courage and do what's right, not what's politically correct or convenient. Republicans believe in an America where strong families thrive in safe communities, where jobs are abundant and paychecks are rising, where the freedom our veterans shed their blood to defend is the birthright of every man, woman, and child. These are the principles Republican governors are fighting for. And in Washington, under the leadership of Senate Republicans and Speaker Kevin McCarthy, we will hold the Biden administration accountable. Down the street from where I sit is my alma mater, Little Rock Central High. As a student there, I will never forget watching my dad, Governor Mike Huckabee, and President Bill Clinton hold the doors open to the Little Rock Nine. Doors that 40 years earlier had been closed to them because they were black. Today, those children once barred from the schoolhouse are now heroes memorialized in bronze at our state house. I'm proud of the progress our country has made. And I believe giving every child access to a quality education regardless of their race or income, is the civil rights issue of our day. Tomorrow, I will unveil an education package that will be the most far-reaching, bold, conservative education reform in the country. My plan empowers parents with real choices, improves literacy and career readiness, and helps put a good teacher in every classroom by increasing their starting salary from one of the lowest to one of the highest in the nation. Here in Arkansas and across America, 
Republicans are working to end the policy of trapping kids in failing schools and sentencing them to a lifetime of poverty. We will educate, not indoctrinate our kids, and put students on a path to success. It's time for a new generation to lead. This is our moment. This is our opportunity. A new generation born in the waning decades of the last century, shaped by economic booms and stock market busts, forged by the triumph of the Cold War and the tragedy of 9-11. A generation brimming with passion and new ideas to solve age-old problems. A generation moored to our deepest values and oldest traditions, yet unafraid to challenge the present order and find a better way forward. If we seize this moment together, America can once again be the land of the free and the home of the brave. During my two and a half years at the White House, I traveled on every foreign trip with the president. A trip I will never forget was on December 25th of 2018. My husband Brian and I had just cleaned up wrapping paper that was shoved into every corner of our house, thanks to our three kids. When I had to walk out on my own family's Christmas, unable to tell them where I was going that night, because the place I'd be traveling was so dangerous, they didn't want anybody to know that the president was going to be on the ground even for a few hours. We boarded Air Force One in complete and total darkness. There were no lights on the plane, no lights on the runway. Our phones and computers shut down and turned in. We were going completely off the grid. Nearly 12 hours later, in the pitch black of night, we landed in the war-torn part of Western Iraq. It was again a similar scene. No lights on the plane, no lights on the runway. The only thing you could see was coming from about a mile away in a dining hall where hundreds of troops who were in the fight against ISIS had gathered expecting to celebrate Christmas with senior military leadership from around the region. They had absolutely no idea that the president and first lady were about to walk into that room. And when they did, it was a sight and a scene and a sound I hope I never forget. The room erupted. Men and women from every race, religion, and region, every political party, every demographic you can imagine started chanting in perfect unison over and over and over again, USA, USA, USA. It was an absolutely perfect picture of what makes our country great. One of the young soldiers yelled from the back, Mr. President, I re-enlisted in the military because of you. And the president said, and son, I'm here because of you. Shortly after that young soldier came up to me, he said, Sarah, you have a tough job. I told him what I do is nothing. You take bombs and bullets. That's 
a tough job. And in a moment that I know I'll cherish for the rest of my life, that soldier reached up and he pulled the Brave Rifles patch he wore on his shoulder and he placed it into my hand, a sign of ultimate respect. And he said, Sarah, we are in this together. Overwhelmed with emotion and speechless, I just hugged him with tears in my eyes and a grateful heart for our heroes who keep us free. That young man and everyone who has served before him, all of those who serve alongside him, and the thousands we know who will be called upon to serve after him, deserve to know they have a country and a community back home doing our part in the fight for freedom. America is great because we are free, but today our freedom is under attack and the America we love is in danger. President Biden and the Democrats have failed you and it's time for a change. A new generation of Republican leaders are stepping up, not to be caretakers of the status quo, but to be change makers for the American people. We know not what the future holds, but we know who holds the future in his hands. And with God as our witness, we will show the world that America is still the place where freedom reigns and liberty will never die. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. So that speech was just out of the park for me. And she's from Arkansas, and we know that we can elect presidents from Arkansas. And her father is certainly experienced in the path forward to go in that direction. And I'm seeing Sarah Huckabee Sanders as one of the front runners after that coming out party that she had last night with a speech that great. Now, a speech doesn't make a person, but we all know that um, she's been, you know, she, she was great at her job as press secretary and she was, she's, she's been a winner with every single thing she's ever done. So you gotta say she's on the map and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but that put her on the map right there. You know, it was Barack Obama that, uh, said not the red States or blue States. It's the perp, you know, United States of America, right? And that put him on the map in 2004, I think it was. And he uh, was at the DNC and he gave a great speech. And um, and and sometimes that's all it takes. So it, it'll be quite interesting to see how this plays out. But we'll see. Um, got a couple of other things I want to talk about. Um, so, you know, it was coming up uh, yesterday that... Uh, Nancy Pelosi, will Kevin McCarthy do the same thing, rip the speech up? Of course, he didn't. And that's good. You know, we don't want to we don't want to stoop to the, you know, to the into the mud with the Democrats. The thing about education and education reform and throwing money at teachers that can make it so you have more uh, control over who you hire, because apparently they're not getting the nation. You know, we're not getting our best. But in exchange for the increase in pay, 
There should be some demands like you can't have purple hair or nose ring in your face, you know, and you can't be uh, talking about transgender storytelling or, you know, sexually indoctrinating our children. Like we have to get something in return, right? And hopefully that's that's what, what it will take. I mean, more money. But it it shouldn't take more money. Teachers should do the right thing from their heart, no matter the money. But more, more money certainly helps, especially if you can get great teachers, because we need to do better with our schools. We spend the most, and our performance is way down the ladder, and we're not getting the best bang for our buck because we've gone woke. And everybody knows woke is just a bunch of BS. It's just crazy talk. And that's what she meant by crazy. What is left to defend America if we don't even know our identity, if we don't have a border to protect, if we have open border? And that's exactly what the Biden administration's up to. And we know it. I said, never forget how classless and vile Democrat speaker Pelosi was at the state at a State of the Union address from a president who fought back against globalist interests, empowered the working middle class and people of color with unprecedented labor participation rate, secured America's borders, strengthened America's military and oversaw the largest American workforce in American history. Now, that's all true. So what you heard Joe Biden say about the economy and how many jobs he brought back more than any, he's using fake numbers. He's saying how great he he lowered the inflation and how great he lowered gas prices, but they were all lower when he took office. He made them so bad And then he reduced them a little bit. But in addition to that, you know, they're curbing inflation because of what um, the Federal Reserve is doing. It's an unprecedented amount of rate hikes. And they had to do that, which causes a lot of pain for American families. It's causing a lot of credit card debt and people are behind in their rent. And and you, you take a look at these aggregate numbers and it's really bad for Americans. Americans are going through and suffering through a lot of pain. This whole thing he said about um, oil companies making profits and and they have another 10 years. They're not going to invest in R&D if gas and oil are going to be abolished in 10 years. They're never going to re, re, do research and development there and drill. They're not going to invest in that. They're going to pull their money out and it's going to collapse the oil industry. It's, it's a terrible thing. Because we don't have enough world resources, especially in America, so we'll be energy independent somewhere, China probably. But this whole electric thing is not going to work out, and we know it. It's not going to work out the way they say it is. Windmills are already falling over, rusting out, blowing gaskets, catching on fire. Solar panels have no, they're not going to work the way you would love them to. Uh, for decades to come. So this whole thing is all about getting the Biden crime family rich because they've invested 
in battery manufacturing companies and battery mining companies using Chinese monies to do it. Whether it's the money that went to the Biden Foreign Policy Center at Penn or whether it went to the Biden Center Institute at University of Delaware. There's a truckload, treasure trove of secret and classified documents at all these places. And yet we still don't know one stitch. We don't know about one document, let alone all, what, I just heard another number, 1,850? I mean, it makes whatever happened to Trump and whatever Trump did at Mar-a-Lago. Well, in any case, it's hypocrisy. And we know that we have two standards of justice. We know we have a Gestapo police in the FBI that should never be trusted. And I I recommend to everybody not to cooperate with the FBI. I recommend to everybody not to cooperate with the CIA. They're dirtbags. They're little schoolboys with their academic degrees at Georgetown. They hang over at the Wilson Center. And they, do, they, they call themselves these members of the think tanks. But they all think alike, like zombies. Like UK uh, MK Ultra uh, rejects wearing their pocket protectors. They're not tough. They're just little academics that have never run a thing in their life. And somehow they're in charge of our foreign policy and our intelligence. And they, they give a bad name to the word intelligence, trust me. I know some of these people. They're not very bright. They're uh, soy boys. They're flaky. Half of them are gay. And not that that's a problem. You're entitled to be it. But don't think that you're watching Jason Bourne or something like that at the CIA in Langley. They're a bunch of, you know, bunch of weaklings. So, you know, we, we get these images through movies. But what it truly is, is something different. So here's another uh, thing that I uh, said here. Jake Sullivan. Jake Sullivan thought it clever to counter Team Trump statements that they never saw the balloons by saying they never saw them because the Biden administration implemented more awareness to the skies superior to Trump. It's a lie. Jake Sullivan is an academic hack. Served under Obama, and now he and Susan Rice are Team Obama embedded in Biden's regime, lying to the people. They are failing to serve while selling out to those who make them money. Well, here is an exchange about the balloon and about some foreign policy issues uh, that I captured from Fox and Friends today. And I thought we would take a listen to this. It's pretty good. Today, we're the strongest position in decades to compete with China or anyone else in the world. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country, and we did. Wow, President Biden taking on China in a State of the Union address, but never directly mentioning the Chinese spy flight that left our country on edge for about a week until we shot it down over water. Here to react, former Secretary of Defense uh, and Army veteran Mark Esper. Mr. Secretary, thanks so much. Were you happy with the seven lines about China? No, I, I think that there should have been much more spoken about China, particularly what we went through the past week. 
and what will continue to evolve in the coming weeks as we uh, go through the forensics of this, uh, the, the debris that we're pulling from the ocean and so on. This, the issue of challenge being the greatest strategic threat we face in this century is not going away. And I think we need to speak more and more about it publicly and make sure we rally the nation, because what we're seeing is just the tip of the iceberg here. Uh, right now you're splitting the screen with the remnants of the balloon being pulled out of the water. China wants it back. Uh, what should we be doing with it? What should we be revealing about what we got? I would pick through it uh, so that we understand what the instrumentation was. That'll give us a sense of what they were collecting, whether it was uh, electro-optical information, signals, whatever the case may be. Once we understand the instruments, that will help us know what they were looking for. And that may tell us that they have gaps in their own, own coverage to include gaps in space. Furthermore, we may discover how they're, how they're building this tech. Right? Are they using U.S. components, allied components? There's a lot that can, we, we can pull out of this uh, out of this grab, which is why I argued that um, we should try and bring it down so we can collect the, uh, the, the payload intact rather than just blowing it out of the air. From what you know, could we have brought it down from the... I'm not sure that we knew how to do that. Do you think we did? Well, uh, we should have brought it down when it was in the, over the Aleutians, over Alaska. And uh, I don't know for sure. There are various ways to do it. Uh, you know, someone suggested to me that you would punch holes through the, through the balloon part of itself so it would come down in a more controlled descent as you release the, uh, the, 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 the helium or hydrogen, whatever is keeping it afloat, and a more controlled descent. But sure, I'm sure there are ways to bring it down, but we should have not allowed it to cross the United States, for sure. Right. Uh, and real quick, I know you've been over this a little bit, but did it really cross into the U.S. during your uh, couple of years as Secretary of Defense? Well, I, I've said not that, not that anybody ever came and briefed me, not that I ever read in any intel report, and so on. And now we found out in the last couple of days that really they didn't piece this together until after the Trump administration ended. They went back, I guess, and looked at radar data, signal data, whatever the case may be, and figured out that right. this had happened in the past. I did not know we weren't capable of seeing a balloon until recently. It makes no sense uh, for me as a civilian. Yeah, we, need to, we need to figure out what happened and fix it quickly. Barely mentioned Ukraine. Right now, only something like 41% of Republicans support it. How important is it to explain to the American people regularly why it's important over there? And do you think he did that last night? Well, he did not do it last night. There should have been more on both Russia, Ukraine, and China. But look, here, here's what's at, at hand. I've said repeatedly this was the focus of myself uh, when I tried to push forward the national defense strategy for the United States that uh, we are in an era of strategic competition. Our greatest strategic threats are Russia and China. This is the democracies of the world versus the autocracies of the world. And Ukraine is taking the fight to Russia, uh, re really bloodying up their military and doing the, the, the dirty work with great courage and resolve. And then there he goes off the charts with the Ukraine thing. Uh, Ukraine is a joke. And uh, I think that what's going on in Ukraine needs to end. Sadly, uh, I read a report, a very legit report, um, drawing a blank on where uh, who the source was. But I read several articles from several uh, great thinkers who basically said that uh, Joe Biden was – well, they were negotiating peace uh, between Russia and Ukraine. And Joe Biden and his administration, basically the Obama uh, foreign policy team is what Joe Biden is using. And um, they they basically nixed it. They basically said, no, we're not uh, getting out of this. This is too good to be true. Just like when you hear Klaus Schwab say, we, we, we made a million dollars. We made a mint off of uh, 
off of these things. We, 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 we can't let this stuff go. I mean, you take a listen to this guy. There's a guy from Moderna, right? Take a listen to this guy. All right? So this is a guy um, who heads up Moderna. Here's what he said about COVID. He knew that COVID was happening, and he said, we're going to make a billion dollars next year. So let's take a listen to this. A little bit into the new variants and subvariants, and I'm going to go with uh, Stefan Bansel. Uh, let's talk about vaccine development because we've heard how it happened, obviously, with COVID-19 starting from 2022, and how extraordinary the process was, also in terms of the speed. How is development, adoption, and scaling of vaccine going on when it comes for different variants and subvariants? Because this is one of the big concerns, as we as we're all here now and we're discussing. We, we understand the context, and this is a great deal. All right, so this is at the World Economic Forum, some Euro, some other event, uh, not Davos, it was something else. And um, take a listen. This is what he has to say. And he says, we, we only made like $100,000 profit or something one year. He's like, we're going to make a billion dollars next year. And he was happy about it. Not only that, he knew it was going to happen before it happened. Sure. Well, good morning, and thank you for having me on the panel. Um, so the great news versus... Right here. 2020, where we are today, is we have manufacturing capacity. As Seth knows, when the pandemic happened, Moderna had made 100,000 doors in 2019 for the whole year. And I remember walking after Davos into the office of my head of manufacturing, and I say, how do we make a billion doors next year? And you look at me a bit funny, say, what? Uh, I say, yeah, we need to make a billion doors next year. There's going to be a pandemic. Um, <laughs> We made $100,000 in 2019, and we were walking around like, how are we going to make, we're going to make a billion dollars next year. There's going to be a pandemic. My goodness. Think about that. Think about what you just heard. That's crazy. Well, President Trump gave a rebuttal also to the uh, State of the Union, uh, and we're going to go ahead and take, take a quick listen to this. It's two minutes long. Here we go. Here's the real State of the Union. Over the past two years under Biden, millions and millions of illegal aliens from 160 different countries have stormed across our southern border. Drug cartels are now raking in billions of dollars from smuggling poison to kill our people and to kill our children. Savage killers, rapists, and violent criminals are being released from jail to continue their crime wave. And under Biden, the murder rate has reached the highest in the history of our country. Biden and the radical Democrats have wasted trillions of dollars and caused the worst inflation in half a century. Real wages are down 21 months in a row. Gas prices have soared and are now going up much higher than even before. And the typical American family is paying $2,200 in increased energy and food costs each year. Joe Biden's weaponized Justice Department, and I'm a victim of it, is persecuting his political opponents. His administration is waging war on free speech. They're trying to indoctrinate and mutilate our children. He's leading us to the brink of World War III. And on top of all of that, he's the most corrupt president in American history, and it's not even close. But the good news is we are going to reverse every single crisis, calamity, and disaster that Joe Biden has created. I am running for president to end the destruction of our country 
and to complete the unfinished business of making America great again. We will make our country better than ever before, and we will always put America first. Wow. Okay, that's powerful. And, you know, here's the thing. So one of the things, you know, we talked about was how they're laundering in Ukraine. They're also laundering with Pfizer. And we just heard Moderna made a billion dollars next year, uh, you know, and they forecasted basically that. Um, The other thing that we're going to get to is... um, Is this? Uh, oh, it was a. Oh, actually, I, I yeah, I don't think I have it. Um, but basically, uh, what you have is you have um, a lot of different uh, corruption going on. And um, one of the clips I wanted to play, I got it off track a little bit, is here. It says Pfizer got the best business model. Government sends Pfizer billions of your tax dollars, then forces you to buy their product, and if it hurt you, you aren't allowed to sue. Listen to uh, Tucker Carlson say this. Pfizer's got the best business model in the history of business, don't they? The government sends Pfizer billions of your tax dollars, then forces you to buy their products, and then if the products hurt you, you're not allowed to sue. (laughs) Pretty great. Wish you had that, huh? Pfizer made billions and billions from that arrangement. How are they spending the money? Well, here's one of the things they're paying for. So this is, this is the, that last part is the Grammys, and they were a sponsor of the Grammys, and um, and it says brought to you by Pfizer. Grammy Awards is sponsored by Pfizer. There, that was the punchline. So yeah, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. It would be nice if you could sue. Here's another one more. Biden official gets uh, schooled by. Um, uh, Fox News. For explaining his intention to vote no on raising the debt ceiling. Because this massive accumulation of debt was... This is Shannon Bream, by the way. For explaining his intention to vote no on raising the debt ceiling. Because this massive accumulation of debt was predicted. Because it was foreseeable. Because it was unnecessary. Because it was the result of willful and reckless disregard for the warnings that were given and for the fundamentals of economic management. So I don't know who that lawmaker is. Well, let me tell you. It was President Joe Biden. Oh, okay. Back in- <laughs> it was it was your president, right? Your president, not mine. All right. So um, that was pretty good because he was like, I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, you wouldn't, but he's your boss. So that's kind of funny, too. Corrine uh, Jean-Pierre falsely says, we've seen gas prices go down. This is kind of what was in the speech. Uh, again, uh, because of the work that Joe Biden has done. Of course, when Joe Biden took office, the price of gas was $2.39 a gallon. Today, it's gone down from its high, but it's three forty-six. It's still a lot higher. And we've seen gas prices go down again because of the, the work that this president has done. And we've seen... So they take credit for fixing the problems that they themselves created. That's the, that's the sad part. Here's President Trump. Uh, Within hours of my inauguration, we will restore every border security measure of the Trump presidency. Let's take a listen. 
Within hours of my inauguration, we will restore every border security measure of the Trump presidency. We had it so good to quickly achieve the most secure border in U.S. history again, just as we had two years ago. And I'll ask Congress to establish criminal penalties for any future administration that releases millions and millions of of people that you don't want in our country. And I don't say that as a bad person. I mean, I have a bigger heart than anybody. But we don't want their prisoners, and we don't want people that are living in mental institutions, and we don't want terrorists in our country. We don't want it. We're going to be paying a price for a long time. We have to get them out. We have to get them out. They poisoned our country. The people who launched this invasion, because it really is an invasion, we believe those people belong in jail. Something has to happen. You know, when they say conservative or liberal or Democrat or Republican or independent, it's really what people of common sense. It's not even conservative. It's people. It's just common sense. You want to have borders. You want to have voter ID. You want to have these things. Borders and voter ID. Yeah, why not? Why do the Democrats not want that? Because they want to rig the system, because they don't have ideas. You believe this? Um, foreign nations poured bil- millions of dollars into the University of Delaware since Biden Institute founding. China, Saudi Arabia, Oman, and Turkey have poured millions of dollars into the University of Delaware since the school launched the Biden Institute. Quid Pro Joe's domestic policy think tank led by his sister. I didn't even know the sister was in the equation. According to U.S. Department of Education records. That's put out there by the Free Beacon. Uh, Hardly, not not even a right wing, you know, anything. Um, And here, another story. Investigators zero in on key suspect in Biden document scandal. And so there's this uh, woman, um, Kathy Chung. Investigators are digging deeper into longtime Joe Biden aide Kathy Chung after it was discovered she played a key role in transporting sensitive materials to the Penn-Biden Center in Washington, D.C., after Biden left office in 2017. That was the center that was funded by a bunch of Chinese people. And I guess Kathy Chung is Chinese. (laughs) Here's what they... So the committee uh, wrote in their letter to the longtime Biden aide. They said... um, The committee has obtained evidence showing that you had key card access to Penn Biden Center. Recent reporting indicates in January 2017, you, while serving as then Vice President Biden's executive assistant, helped pack up the departing vice president's office. It continues, but you get the idea. And Kim.com wrote this. He said, if they would have succeeded with their censorship, talking about Twitter, and censorship. Again, not something that was addressed in the State of the Union address, right? So he says, they say, if they would have succeeded with their censorship agenda, you wouldn't know that Ukraine is a U.S. proxy war. Russia uh, is winning. 
that the creation of COVID-19 was funded by the U.S. government and that BRICS, something that we've talked about a lot here, that's Brazil and Russia and India, China, South Africa, and many other countries, they call it BRICS Plus now, will end United States dollar as a reserve currency, making the U.S. empire collapse on its own debt. So thank you, he says, thank you, Elon Musk, for at least doing his part in exposing. You know, I don't know whether I trust Elon Musk wholeheartedly or not. Um, I think he's his interests conflict with mine with respect to green energy and things like that. And 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 artificial intelligence, I think that's scary. He's he's everything he's involved with scares me. Um, dependence on electric uh, is you know what Tesla's all about. Neuralink is this artificial intelligence, and then complete robotic automation. All of these things he's involved with, and it scares me um, what Elon Musk is in, involved with. And he's so powerful and so rich. But here's another story before we uh, head out of Dodge today. Elementary school starts student club that excludes white kids. Huh? That's, that's, uh, that's crazy talk, right? But that's exactly what's happening. I mean, basically, I said this. I said, elementary schools start student club that exclude white kids. These schools are found exclusively in extremely Democrat states and towns, provide, proving, once again, the legacy of liberal Democrat advocacy for discrimination, segregation, and systematic racism. Remember, I've said before, they're the ones that invented the VIP lounge and the first class passenger systems, and they're all about socioeconomic discrimination. The liberals are. And they're systematically putting into place mechanisms that basically um, give to the dependent and give to the lucrative money class, but they're basically starving and suffocating the middle class because the middle class is not a uh, group of population that they can control. And that's, uh, it's sad to see, but... uh, in any case, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Scott Adams Show today. Um, you know, that was some State of the Union rebuttal speech that Sarah Huckabee Sanders gave. I think she's put herself on the map and maybe will be part of that Veep sweepstakes uh, that Donald Trump will, uh, you know, part of his selection process. Selected her before, might select her again. So we'll see what happens there. And... Uh, and with that, be sure to check out megapack.org. Make a donation if you can to find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Go over there, visit, see what we're doing. Make a donation to help us out. Um, also, use Red State over at mypillow.com when you go and buy your pillows from Mike Lindell. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye, buddy. Just to bury my kids right up to there.